Hello and welcome to the Countersin Podcast, a podcast all about drumming. We'll be discussing everything from practicing and preparing for gigs to teaching lessons and recording sessions. You can find us on Instagram with the username at Countersin Podcast to join the conversation. But for now, please enjoy the show. How are you both? Well, yeah, good, mate. Welcome everyone who's listening. For those who've not listened to the last uh, few episodes, uh, I'm Matt Lacey. Uh, I'm joined by Harry Sermon. Hello. And Jamie Joyner. Hello. Hi, boys. Uh, and yeah, this is episode six. We've made it to episode six already. So um, uh, yeah, I hope you guys are, are well. Uh, we've had a few little catch-ups in the week. I hope everyone out there is uh listening we've had some great comments and feedback thank you for everyone who's dropped us a comment on the last episodes that have gone on socials on uh at countersin podcast on instagram please go on there drop us a follow drop us a like be awesome if you could review the podcast you've listened to the episode on whatever platform you listen to it on and give us a five stars but if that is a little bit convoluted um to do if you just want to share to your story or, or kind of just share a post or a screenshot um to your to your instagram followers as well that would be really great it gets everyone out there gets out there and gets everyone uh, aware of what we're doing so yeah thank you everyone for for here welcome welcome on to this episode um i think i think this 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 time, gents, we're we're talking about our studio experiences and the the stuff we've done in in a formal uh, recording studio. We we may go off piece a little bit with conversations as these things tend to do a little Who bit. Knows? Who, Who knows? knows? Um, but yeah, I think we've all done some. I think a couple of us. I think maybe I've perhaps not done quite as much as you guys have in the studio. Um, but yeah, we'll talk about kind of our experiences of our individual experiences and potentially there's there's context in there for people around what to expect if they come to come to that for the first time but if anyone has gone, done lots of recording you're out there listening and when we put the post out for this episode if you want to just drop some comments and share your experience as well that would be would be cool so we could all have a get some context from the wider listening audience thanks very much so i mean I won't. I won't pick someone to ask, answer the first question and rub it in headlights. But do you remember, guys? When was your? Uh, I'll let you choose who's going first. What? When was your first kind of studio uh, recording session? How did that come about? Was it as a session player? Was it in a band you were in? How did that? Uh, how did that happen for you guys, gents? Eeny, meeny, miny, moe. Um, I'll, I'll <laughs> go, go on, if you want, Harry. Yeah, cool. Yeah. yeah, man, go for it. I mean, uh, I don't know if it would have been classed as like a a professional context of being in a studio, like a proper full-on session. Um, but for uni, um, I had to uh, compl- like write and produce my own four-track EP um, for a, a, a unit, I think, in third year. And uh, that meant sort of not only sitting down and writing all the parts. I think I just did like four pop songs basically on um, uh, piano and uh, guitar, bass and drums and vocals sort of thing. Um, and so I kind of wrote those parts and then um, had to book like local studio, go down the bit an engineer there and had to track those out, me and some, some friends. Um, and um, 
that that was my first experience of being in like a proper right. studio environment and the engineer being like okay we're live play your part sort of thing um and uh yeah that was like i was i was very it had been bigged up at uni as like this like this is where you've got to be super good. Like this is what yeah. you're, you're trained to do. So, you know, you better do a great job um, sort of thing. And um, it was kind of nice because I felt like I, I could use, like I had a little bit of prior information about maybe what to expect and, and whatever. And uh, I actually felt quite comfortable um, and overall really enjoyed the experience. Um, and I, yeah. I kind of clocked fairly early on that it's something that, I would love to do more of and that I really enjoy. Um, so it was like this really enjoyable experience. Um, I remember just doing my first, I had my little notebook and I'd penciled in sort of like rough little cheat sheet of my parts and I'd memorize them and I had them there. And I, I remember feeling like the engineer would be like really impressed if I came in and did like one take or two takes and just be like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm done. Like I, I'm a pro sort of thing. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> um, he, he like really didn't care at all. But um, you know, I, uh, I was uh. yeah just pleased that I kind of had like a bit of a system um, and went in and was really happy with, uh, with doing it, uh, which was cool. So yeah, that was like, that was like my first ever experience. And yeah, as I say, I really enjoyed it. And yeah, I was already looking forward to like the future opportunities, which it would be a while before that I got another chance. But that was that was definitely my my first. So you first you game. weren't in there kind of working for someone else. You were the create you were creating it and recording it. So that was quite a nice thing to kind of get used to the nuts and bolts of it all without yeah, without necessarily sort of. having to do a track for someone else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was like easy, easing me in, I guess. Like it, I would I'd be the one that knew if the the part was right or not um but it was like my first time i think pretty much my first time ever like properly tracking to a click and then listening back in the studio room and being like oh okay i thought i was like on top of that but i really wasn't i remember the fourth song on the on the on the on the ep was like this really slow builder and then it went like huge at the end and i think it was in six eight and i was like it was quite slow and i was crashing out on on like the ride or something at the end and i remember absolutely loving the take and just having the best time and being like oh that's gonna be wicked and then like got in the booth and was just like oh my gosh my timing is all <laughs> over the place and i can just like feel myself like chasing the click everywhere and i was just oh no so yeah that that took a couple of, of takes to kind of get that back where i wanted it. and i yeah. think he actually like pulled me <laughs> pulled me in line with the with the click a little bit as well um Ooh, but yeah did you it, get it quantized to the grid yeah it's yeah my, my first Ooh. experience of, of being quantized hey, it happens but yeah, yeah so but yeah it was it was cool it was a great experience i enjoyed it um, cool nice. yeah how about you harry um yeah so like something kind of similar my first probably like proper recording um scenario would have been during uh when i was at sixth form in school um, I did a music tech course where we basically just learned how to record and how to use a DAW and, and, you know, just basically learn how to do all that stuff. Um, and we got asked to basically one of our uh, pieces of coursework was to record a song. So like a cover of a song and you have to play everything yourself and record it and, you know, get people to play on it and stuff like that. Um, and I was, uh, I was the only drummer in my class. Um, so there was like 15 of us. 
um and i was the only drummer and we basically got advice to not record drums because we didn't have really a very good sort of sounding room it was our classroom um and they were basically our teacher was like just don't don't even try and record drums we don't have that good of a microphone set up or drums it's better off if you could <laughs> just do some acoustically so i was like i'm gonna do under the bridge by red hot chili peppers <laughs> <laughs> and then um yeah i was like okay no i won't do that i'll do something else so i did um what did i do i did uh i miss you by blink 22 um blink 182 and i recorded drums for that which was really good and then i got my friend to play acoustic guitar and i played the bass and i played the keyboard and like did the strings and the and the midi sort of stuff and i got a couple of friends to sing on it um and it was really great and i can remember the exact same feeling as you jay like thinking like oh this is so great i'm gonna smash i know this song at the back of my hand i'll smash this out in like three takes and i probably did it in probably closer to 10 um but i definitely i was enjoying it so much that i would like record it start building up the song and then be like i need to do the drums again you know so i go and, I'd go and do the drums again and then like you know add a few more okay it's nearly done yeah i think i need to do the drums again it's still not quite right but really i think i was probably just wanting to uh to just you know record the drums over and over and over and over again um so yeah that would be that would be probably my first uh experience i don't know if you you found like the way it sounds in your head when you play the part and you think it sounds great and then you go and you listen to it back and it really doesn't sound quite how you thought it would or it's like when you've recorded a part or you record something and then you listen back to it like a month later or something and you're like oh actually I, I wish I'd like left that bass drum out or I hadn't like made it so busy or or whatever or it needs a bit more um did, did you was that part of the reason why you wanted to keep rewriting your parts or was it just you were, you were just kind of always searching for that perfect perfect groove or whatever yeah that's um I I think uh, other songs that I've like original stuff that I did later on where it was like my part you know this is like me on the drums um i think by the time i had recorded them i had already probably played and practiced them and kind of nourished them enough so there's not many parts in other songs that i've recorded that i would like to change there's some that i've adapted differently live and maybe kind of pushed a little bit further and that's just because the arrangements have changed but with that very first recording that i did the blink 182 one um obviously i was kind of trying to emulate travis's part in that song it's quite a well-produced layered part you've got that sort of iconic sort of um sort of jam blocky cross stick type thing over the top so i was trying to get a little bit creative with how can i play this but still make sure that sort of cross stick jam block thing is popping out in the mix do i overdub it do i just try and play it as one thing i think i maybe did a combination of the both of them um, but then I also kind of leaned on like a live performance where he kind of like goes to the ride and like the choruses and kind of, you know, gives it sort of dynamic differences. But in other songs that I was, cause I was also, cause I said like I was the only drummer in the, in the class, anyone else that wanted drums, I was also playing for them. So I yeah, did loads a couple of gigs. other pieces. Yeah. I had loads of, yeah, yeah. yeah I was great. like, I was setting up invoices left and <laughs> center, you know. Um, uh, but yeah, I, for those, it was, a little bit different because obviously they would be like maybe don't do that here or maybe do this but i was also obviously taking the reference of the song that i was potentially covering um so in that situation not much 
sort of adjustment of parts listening back and kind of thinking should I do that again that I think that was more just I just wanted to make sure that the take was as perfect as I could slash I want to record as much as I can yeah yeah. um but later on yeah when I kind of and we'll probably get into this shortly but yeah other songs that I have recorded there's maybe a few bits here and there where I where I'd maybe be like I wish I didn't play that I wish I didn't hit that crash there or Maybe I should have gone to the floor, Tom, here. You know, whatever is kind of my minute uh, details. But generally, most of the parts that I've played, I've been pretty happy with the way that they sound because I've done a lot of pre-production, quote-unquote, you know, going into the recording of them. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I guess it is. it does depend as well, obviously, if you're playing original parts that you've written yourself or you're playing parts that are, like, pre-written by sure. another drummer or you're having like musical direction from yeah. a classmate or a producer or whatever saying, this is what I want you to play. Like, you know, so I guess it, it does depend. Um, the whole recording sort of experience. Totally. Kind of and I think also that. there might be a part that you've kind of got that you're maybe it's like your favorite part of the song that you've been working on, uh, or maybe a part that you don't even think about that when you get to the studio and you listen back to, you know, your first couple of takes when you're still, you know, still sort of getting sounds, you might go, you know, that really doesn't work or maybe I should play that quieter. And you kind of do get a little bit of self-reflection, you know, in the session that will hopefully make getting the full take easier, you know, or the it's, it's, it's also there. It's that, talking about bits that you like, you know, or really love this chorus or that, whatever it might be, it's not getting carried away in the moment as if it was a live setting because you yeah. still got to play the whole track consistently. Yeah. And you can't just kind of like, oh, the verses are a bit... And then, oh, I love the chorus or, you know, whatever it might be, this anthem we're going to play compared to the start of it, which is pretty laid back. Yeah. Um you, you've still got to maintain you've that kind switched of, on the whole yeah, time. Yeah, you've got to yeah. play it yeah, all yeah. at a level, whether it's all out or whether it's, you know, conservatively, I guess you've, you've still got to approach the song consistently all the way through, haven't you? Yeah. Yeah. It's just, it's what What about you then, Matt? Like what what are some of the sort of first experiences? Uh, yeah, well, um, um, I think we t- talked about, I think we talked in a previous episode about networking and about getting gigs and about. So in a roundabout way, this is kind of connected. I, I, uh i got a text message out of the blue um i think it was it literally came up on my memories it's about five years ago um hi matt it's kevin now kevin was a guy that i'd done a dep gig for him he was the md an organ player in a in a band and i depped for their drummer 15 years previously and and it was like I got a text message saying, "Hi Matt, uh, are you about? Can you play to a click? And are you about to do a gig for an album launch? Uh, these are the dates." I was like, uh, "Funny enough, I was at a jam session." I said, uh, "Yeah, uh, yeah, I can do that. Yeah, okay, great." I'm like, well, "That's great. I'll send you over some tracks. Give me your email address, and I've got I've got rough demos of the album, uh, and I've programmed in kind of rough guide tracks. Uh, have a listen, thing like that." So. Right, okay, so I've got this gig in the diary for the for the album launch, the live gig. Um, and then about oh, three, four days later, he said, actually, to get the drums programmed to where I'm really kind of dialed into them and I'm really happy with them, I think it's just going to take me too long. Could you come to the studio and track all the songs? I'm like, yeah, okay. So um, he I'd had guide track to listen to so i had something that 
was a basis of so I've got my tempos and okay, time signature and um, what kind of thing was was required. Um, and yeah, I ended up driving uh, from where I live in uh, Leicester uh, all the way over to Ipswich area in the at half past five in the morning uh, to his studio because he he'd gone away from being in a band as such and was now had his own he was a producer and had his own label um and his studio and uh it was like a three so it's a three hour drive three two and a half hour drive i think it was snowing so it was a bit longer got over there for 9 a.m loaded in and then uh yeah and then we kind of started listening it was him and his assistant in there abby uh and we um we we kind of went through the album I think one album, one track had already been recorded by another drummer that had already been released as a single. Um, one track didn't have drums on it. It was percussion that had been programmed and that was done. So I think there was 10, 10 tracks to do. And, and we did them all in the day. Wow. So uh, we, um, yeah, so we kind of got started and no, I, I can't remember. We did we recorded them in a slightly different order to the to the album running order, obviously. But uh it was good to talk about you mentioned six eight, Jamie. I, I love six eight. I think it's one of my favorite my favorite meter. And um, yeah, same. it was kind of the first one was in six eight. I thought, oh right, great. So we kind of bit and and what was great about the session, there was guide tracks, we'll have a listen to it, and I'd just chart out okay, four bars, this is the pit, this is the part, chorus, break here. And he says, oh, we can run it with a click or you can run it, you know, everything else was recorded. So I was playing to the finished stuff. I was just tracking. Nice. Um, so, so if you want, we put the click on. If not, we'll just run it. And I played it without the click. And he says, oh, no, it's, you, you're great. Sounds great. With the, uh, you, you're on it. So... Um, I know that's what he told me as a producer who's probably massaging the ego of the guy in the booth. I don't know, but um, um, he might listen to this and he might comment. I don't know. He's on, he's on he follows this. But if it fits it. with the music, though, that's more important. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah. If, if you were really rigid to the click and maybe there was parts of the song that wasn't, that would just was highlight no that more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But if you're if you're playing that, that emulates probably more that you yeah. like it you were playing with a band you know yeah and the great thing was there was some he, he gave me uh there was a couple of bars in this song there's a break there's a drum fill and he said oh do what you feel we'll do we'll do two three takes see what you think so um did that um and there was a couple of bits oh matt where you've played that fill there sounds good but can you em- emulate the brass the brass line and play the notes as per the brass line here's the brass line Okay, yeah. So you want me to mirror that? Great. So there was those bits, and oh, can you just run? Can we just try that chorus again with a bit more energy? You know, for example. So okay, and then they would have a click, so we knew where I was. And I think in a couple of the songs, there's an awkward count where there's a very open kind of fade, and then it comes back in again, but it's not on the count. So he programmed in a four click, you know, a bars worth of click just to get me in in the right place. Um, so yeah, did that. And, and the great thing was that we kind of, we got through them and it's a real great mix, uh, on the album. Um, I don't know, are we talking, are we dropping names and talking about, are we dropping names of artists? Of and, okay, tell, so tell the good people yeah, where they can find this. So, so uh, <laughs> the album was for an artist called Jade May Jean and she was on the voice in 2014. 
and this was a she'd done a couple of bits since then but this is a kind of co-written album with her and this producer guy uh it's called 2060 um so it's 20 and then the word 60 2060 and it's a real eclectic mix on there there's some kind of anthemic gospel type stuff there's a there's a kind of reggae feel couple of songs there's some straight up kind of almost kind of country type four four stuff um but and there's a but there's a there's an overall and kind of 60s vibe to the whole album which is why it's called 2060 because it's the 2020s but it's a kind of got a 60s vibe um yeah but it was the great thing from from production perspective that i was able to all oh, right i think this will work here back and i was able to have creative input just on do you think she would try that and he's like yeah yeah do that try this do you prefer it with the 16th feel or with the eighth feel and um and yeah like you jamie i loved it you know i we started we stopped for pizza halfway through the day um i started at nine loaded in at nine i loaded out at half nine that night so we did like 12 hours um drove home in the snow three hours and got home just gone midnight so it was like um and I, i'm really kind of proud of it you know I, I like all the stuff i played on it um um i don't hand on heart can't say whether it's all from a single take i don't know whether some i don't know what kevin did with the production and uh whether it, oh, i think i think that's what i played that version on that type and you know like you remember what the fill you did in yeah. the end of the first verse and that's oh, that's the end. That's the fill I did at the end of the second chorus or whatever. They were in the same take, you know, or whatever. So um, yeah, no, I thoroughly thoroughly enjoyed it. Uh, it was nice because it wasn't just play this. Uh, it was play this, but I was able to be creative in the moment as well in the space and nice. be yourself. Really, you were able to be yourself. You were able to yeah, be yeah, absolutely, yeah, and and bring. But again, it was like you're not you're not hitting drums hard. You you you're playing stuff at a moderate dyna- dynamic range because you're getting the best out of your symbols and, um, you know, and, and uh, tuning the, what I tuned with. I think I overdubbed some stuff with mallets on the toms with the snares off and that kind of stuff. And uh, yeah, I thoroughly, uh, you know, thoroughly enjoyed it really. It was a great, great album. So um, yeah, it's out there. It's uh, it's quite nice to be able to, uh, when students say, Oh, have you played anything? I can show them the thing I did on Spotify, you know, and, um, yeah, it's pretty good. It's yeah, pretty cool. It's a good thing. You know, having having that like sort of time capsule, you know, and just being able to be like, you know, not even just listen back to your playing and 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 your sound and stuff like that, but just to have have that sort of moment, you know, kind of captured. Yeah, um, and sort of ready to go. And a couple of them were were kind of just we knew the we knew the the structure of the song, but I was kind of feeling it in the moment, so it, it felt it had like that kind of spontaneity to it as well, which is. Uh, have fun. you guys done very much? Um, like playing with people recording with people so not necessarily like come in to record the drums have you done it where like you're recording the drums but also the bass is set up and the guitar set up and there's a guide vocal and you're you're playing as a band to get the take as a band and then you overdub later on have you guys done much of that not not commercially you know we've done we've done where we've we've kind of done stuff from in a rehearsal space but it's not really kind of relevant to this conversation i don't think but uh, Aaron, yeah. about you jamie you done anything like that um i've done yeah something similar to what you're describing there fairly recently actually a friend of mine had written a couple of songs um and he sent me the demos and he was like oh can you just put some drums to this um 
all the parts were kind of there. And I think for one song, he wanted basically what the MIDI drums were playing. But obviously me just sort of 90% hitting that. And the second song, it was just like a really rough groove and a couple of standard fills. He was like, basically, we'll figure out something nice on the day um, for that. So it was a nice mix. Um, but um, it was uh, on the track, it was like the vocals and the guitars and horns and things like that. And then it was me and a bass player who came in and did the the kind of, like I guess, like a live ish <laughs> tracking together so yeah. we'd be playing together um and um yeah and so we did that at the same time um so yeah not like a whole a whole band um i would yeah. say like i i've done like a a live recording at a gig uh, yeah. which is a little bit different you know but um you know that sort of a thing where yeah there's just like you can take stuff off the desk or you've got room mics and all that whatever um but yeah in terms of like in the studio i'd really love to do it actually because you watch like videos on youtube of just like jams between of like bands yeah. playing it in the studio and you're just like oh that and and there are so many albums as well you listen to and you're like you recorded this like in one just jamming yeah. out in, in yeah the yeah one room recording, it sounds yeah. wicked and there's no click or whatever you're just like vibing off each other the whole way and i think some of those are, are like my favorite albums where you can just yeah. really hear just from like yeah the dynamics or the way that the timing is going to and from like you're in amazing musicians sure. or you've been playing together for years that I, I love that um so yeah one day hopefully i'll have the uh, <laughs> yeah have you, you you done that harry you've done it pretty i most of most of the stuff that i played on that's out there has been done in that way yeah the very first like like band record that I did uh with my old band at uni um that's not on um streaming anymore um but we did all of that live and then we overdubbed everything else um and then stuff that is on um streaming so my band Hush Mosey um we did both of our EPs uh all live in the same room um and overdubbed everything like overdubbed vocals and and obviously like additional guitars and other instruments and stuff and we put strings and brass and stuff on it um in you know other sessions um so yeah or i think our entire every song that we've done i think has been played as a band actually with the exception of one song so our first uh record is called tales of bigotry which is on um it's all on spotify we did all of that live and there's actually like you said jay about like you can kind of hear like and feel that it's like a live band performance one of our songs um in the outro you can hear me stand up off my stool because the stool creaks and like my foot comes off the hi-hat pedal <laughs> so like we like we I, well, I love stuff like that as well so yeah. we kind of left a lot of those things in and um there's one song on there called hideout which we had pretty much the finished version of uh, in like a demo form um and the bass that's on there is the same bass that we use in the demo as a drum machine on there that we use in the demo so i just played to that and then we recorded everything else on top of that. Um, but our second EP, Pretty Little Sounds, we all did live. Um, a couple of the singles that we've had uh, since then have all been live. Um, one of our songs that I want to shout out, because it's probably one of my favorite recordings, um, is a song called Trim the Roses. And we've got a full like string section on there, which Jack, the bass player, composed, um, which is just it's beautiful stuff. Um, but we did most of our recording in... Um, in a uni studio which is not far from um, where we all went to uni it's another university which is a great sounding room really good desk loads of great stuff um, 
but then this was the first song that I used my Catalina kit with um, and it was in a different studio smaller sort of more boxier room um, and I was going for a bit more of a boxier sort of sound and I just think yeah the way that it came out is is one of my favorite songs cool. um, that we have I used my sonar force 505 snare drum so like the very first drum i got metal metal drum i didn't know we were doing a... gig rundown you know recording rundown oh, yeah, kit no, yeah. any any excuse to mention a snare drum harry you're there any excuse but um <laughs> funny enough the head that i used on that is like a absolutely battered head and i've still got it on the drum and it's still tuned the exact same way it sounds great it's, <laughs> it's so so good yeah um so that's yeah that's a great song i want to shout that out but then like other stuff that i've done some of the digsby stuff um i can't remember if the first ep we did it all live i think maybe i played it was only me and the singer joe that recorded it so i think i was in the in the main room uh recording the drums and i think he was playing just for a di yeah and singing like through the desk to me so we could play it together live and then he did everything else um, but the new stuff, uh, we all did it live, the four of us, I think. And actually, by the time you hear this episode, there'll be another song out called One of a Kind, um, which comes out on the 9th of June, which might be one of my favorite drum sounds that I've got ever. It's, I'm really, really proud of it. Cool. Um, but yeah, mostly band situations, like playing live uh, for me with with the odd sort of play to the click. We, it's always been click-based, um, generally speaking. Um, but yeah, apart from that, I've done a couple of works like just play the part, please. And, and we'll kind of self-reflect as we go, you know, each take and, yeah. and kind of see see where we can go from there. You know, Jamie, any any other? Well, firstly, Jamie, you need to plug your stuff as well, because we've both name dropped our <laughs> stuff. Uh, but uh, you've, you've done some other bits fairly recently, didn't you? I think. Uh, uh, yeah. Know? I mean, I don't want this to necessarily turn into just like plugging all of our own individual uh <laughs> Works, we'll put, we'll put whatever, we'll reference but, um, all the artists in the, all in the, the notes yeah. in the comments all of the yeah. links yeah, yeah. <laughs> all in the, uh, yeah the notes yeah um now yeah recently i i tracked uh, an album for uh my originals band uh, muriel uh which is hopefully going to be coming out later on uh this year and um that uh was quite a special um session just because uh it was first time taking out the catalina um and just we got to the end of the recording process and I remember walking into the room to kind of hear roughly what the drums were going to sound like and the sound that was coming through just from like a quick sort of EQ or whatever was just the closest to the drum sound that I really, really love and wanted um, just straight off the bat. And I was like, oh, this is brilliant. Um, really happy with it. Um, and uh, yeah, I think we tracked about nine songs um in one day so similar to yeah um, your experience there mate it was it was quite a hefty day yeah. stopped for pizza halfway through yeah, just like you um and uh yeah it was like ugh, really it had to be done in two or three takes or you know probably wouldn't get another chance really um so um which you know looking back i was like oh that sounds like quite high pressure but in the moment it, it, yeah. it was fine um and you know if there were little bits i'd be like oh in take two like i like went a bit out with the kick pattern in the second verse can you just use the like first take or the third take for that yeah. and you just make a note and that would be it um so that that would be the sort of thing um but um but yeah so yeah we tracked we tracked nine then did a bit of percussion at the end which is 
yeah, all right, just some shakers and stuff like that, tambourine. Um, and yeah, that was it. So, um, so yeah, that's that was all fairly recent, um, which was cool. Um, so, uh, yeah, um, really enjoyed that. Again, it was just kind of re-highlighting how much I enjoy being in the studio. Um, it just kind of felt quite quite natural. Um, yeah. I had one other um, fairly uh, different experience. I was going to ask whether you guys had had um, any any sort of uh, different experiences to the ones you've just described where I, I basically had to go in once for what I guess you'd call just a standard session where someone had a song, they needed drums and they got in touch with me very last minute and were like, can you come in and lay drums down? And <laughs> I can't remember what year it was. It's probably about 2016, 2017, maybe. Um, and I like freaked out because I was like, oh, this is like an actual artist, like asking me to drum on the song. This is a, kind song of a big could, deal. Like, <laughs> you know, yeah. Like, it was, um, I was, I was freaking out. And it, it was, um, it was literally like 24 hour notice. So, which I think was probably a good thing. Um, yeah. yeah, it was, a, it was a, an artist by uh, the artist. Sorry, the artist was called uh, Gavin James, who uh, is he was kind of getting big around 2013, and he's kind of grown since then. He's like supported Ed Sheeran and stuff like that, um, and he's got that beautiful falsetto voice and um, like singer songwriter vibes, Irish guy. And uh, he, um, I'd been to see him at his gigs, like uh, I'd just seen him at like tiny little music venues in London and stuff. And then um, yeah, I had a mate that was like friends with his producer and he was working on his second album and he was like, he'd thought of a melody and he wanted to like capture it. Um, mm. And so he'd got like a voice memo recording of this melody. And he was like, I just need a drummer to come in and put drums on this and just make it sound like, make it come to life sort of thing. Um, and uh, so my mate rang me, he's like, oh, you're free tomorrow. Like, can you just come down to the studio in London and do it? Um, and, and I'd never heard the song. I, I hadn't heard the song at all until I arrived at the studio. Um, and then, uh, they, they kind of played it and obviously there was no drums on it. It was just kind of like, uh, I don't know, like him and a acoustic guitar and it was like an Irishy folk song sort of, yeah, kind of like Irish pub music sort of thing, but nice, not like a, yeah. I, I don't know. It was it was really cool. Um, and I, not rowdy. I, I had to. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was like six eight, sort of on the toms and sort yeah, of. Yeah. Um, uh, you know what you'd kind of expect, I guess, with that big sing along type thing. Yeah, yeah. You'd imagine loads of people singing along, um, and um, yeah, there was some really like I learned so much from from this. I don't think like in the end, he, I don't think he used my take i think he pro i think he got a few different drummers in and then the actual version of the song that was released i, I don't think was mine um i don't it's more that i listened to it and i'm like i'm pretty sure like i didn't play those things and it's it's all kind of so sort of uh produced that you can barely tell anyway yeah. um yeah, but right. it was a lot of like um rolling toms and stuff like that like like all that yeah. sort of thing um and yeah, like some of the weirdest things I remember was like them just asking me to play things in isolation. And that was the hardest thing for me because I knew what I wanted okay. to play, but they were like, oh, can you just play the kick part? And I had to just like, yeah, right. Yeah. I don't know, like just focus on one. And then, like, oh, can you just do the the stepped hi-hat? And, and I, I literally just played like eighth notes on the hi-hat and they just recorded yeah. that. And then uh, now I'll just do the hands. And so, and then I just did the hand. And then uh, now we'll do the crashes. 
and yeah. then would do the drum fills. And I was just like, this is so weird. And I, I just remember being like, it's more hard for me to to do this than it is to yeah. like, play the parts play the all thing. together. It's like this like four way yeah. coordination thing, which you know, obviously we spend years and years practicing. And then like when you get in the studio, they're like, oh, can you can you just play like the two beat fill leading into the yeah. chorus yeah. without the bass drum <laughs> and stuff? Yeah. Um, so yeah, it was it was really bizarre. Uh, for me, that's it, it's there song and it's their production and it's it's kind of it's almost they just want they just want the meccano bits they just want the yeah. lego bits that they can put together in whatever they see right they've got something after the day that they can then play with haven't they i guess and you're just giving you're really not playing the part you're just giving them samples yeah really but yes yeah, so they can do it it's part it. of the modern production yeah. way isn't it yeah. i guess it's just you're right though jamie we, we talk about you know playing four-way independence and uh, getting into a vibe and learning a yeah. genre or whatever it is and it's like i mean i, I no, was just, quite just hit the snare drum twice like, <laughs> doing this like crazy kind yeah. of cool thing across the toms and you know kind of putting in the hi-hats at these certain points and and whatever um and it was like a i had to focus really hard to make sure that i did it consistently right every single time and then obviously he then came on the talkback mac and he's like can you play it like less perfect like and i was like what, what do you mean like, what? Well, it just sounds <laughs> sounds a bit like clean and in time can you just like make it a bit more like yeah. lazy and like i remember the the tom thing i was doing i was i was playing a lot of ghost notes like a lot of loud accents but really quiet like non-accents and they were like we can't really hear your your ghost note toms like can you bring them up and so i had to play all of the parts sort of a little bit looser with the quieter notes a bit louder so that they didn't get yeah, lost yeah. and stuff like that. And, it, and you know, like he played it back at the end. I was like, wow, yeah, totally makes loads of sense. But again, it's like, I guess like with my teaching hat on, I'd be like telling students like you've got to really like separate that dynamics between your ghost notes and your backbeats and like all the accents and stuff. And then like you go to play it and someone's just like, oh, they're too quiet. Like it's too much. You need to, yeah. you know, all bets um, are off. Change it. They're not interested yeah. in the technicalities of, Mm-mm. accents and ghost notes and the difference between and the stuff that they would look for in a grade exam yeah not not interested <laughs> you'd think it'd be the opposite wouldn't you really like yeah, yeah. going under microphones it would be it's magnified and you think it would be the absolute opposite yeah but it's that's yeah. yeah that's funny that they're like you know we need more we need more quiet and somehow more loud so that we can have more control over it basically yeah mm. yeah it's it, yeah. a kind of yeah play the bits and we'll stick it all together yeah. yeah yeah so like completely can, can you play it so it's not experience. as produced so we can make <laughs> yeah. it more produced basically is what there is yeah what yeah, yeah 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 exactly yeah. yeah and i yeah it's uh everyone's got an opinion on that should we say it's uh <laughs> have you guys ever had like situations where you've you've prepared a part or you've you know you've, you've you're happy with the way that this sounds or this is how it should be and no questions that sort of thing and you kind of play through the take maybe someone in the band or like the the engineer or the producer is kind of like um i think this isn't working do something different you've had to kind of adapt and kind of not necessarily change the part that you've like been really hooked to but you've had to kind of come up with variations and offer sort of different solutions and being like what do you think and you know maybe they don't like it and you're kind of like oh okay you know you're kind of changing my song here but obviously you 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 know yeah, have you guys ever had that sort of experience where? Uh, not only when I did that, as I mentioned, that kind of, or oh, can you just change that feel so it aligns to the brass section? Or 
and I think I think always trying to if they ask you for a bit more, then that's better than that. Or can you dial it down a bit? That's yeah. Totally. Know, so I try and probably I'm very conscious of if there's a lot of intricate guitar stuff, I try and keep the hi hats out of the way. Anything that's happening at the same kind of so I've try and play. I probably and you try not to overcompensate, but probably play more simple than I would, because then yeah. you can always add in on another take uh, or give us some variation. And but th- that was I knew the producer, I knew I knew them, and it was a really kind of you know rekindling a, a working relationship from years gone. So it wasn't very cold like your experience, Jamie, where you walk in and don't know the thing, and you know, I perhaps. You know, I definitely had the head, the hat on that I'm working for someone else since what they're after. My job is to bring that, you know. Um, but yeah, only on a kind of a few bits through those, through through that, you know, recording that I've had to do that. I don't know about you two. Uh, yeah, I mean, I've had to do a little bit of that. I, I think um, when when recording for my um my friend fairly recently did those two tracks like i was mentioning earlier there was a in that second song where he was like oh you've got a bit more freedom to basically do what you want to do i'd be like uh you know i was thinking about doing rim clicks here or this particular fill here or are you cool when i hit the crash there and just like constantly getting that feedback from him um Mm. and i think that's yeah sometimes you you have the studio experience where it's it's all laid out for you and you just have to replicate this part but then yeah. also there are there are also times when you've got to go in you've got to experiment and you got to be like oh what fits and you're kind of like experimenting on the day um yeah and yeah I, I find those quite a lot of fun um but i also like tied in with that previous experience i was talking about um that one where i recorded these two tracks he asked me to play really quiet like we're talking like i barely moving my wrists and um you know very very low on the snare and when i hit the toms which are all super dead and whatever just like playing very softly um and it completely uh was what was needed he was going for like a sort of 70s sort of motowny sort of vibe um which was great um but it was really hard i was just playing a gadson groove but when he was like oh can you play it really quiet i was like uh, yeah i can but like this is this is a lot more challenging and i think yeah. that the uh the dynamic that is kind of like with that that last one i had to do where it's like make the quiet notes louder but keep the loud ones the same all of that yeah i find that that's the really hard thing it's like the way that yeah. they're capturing it under the microphone is is the most important thing and it's being able to have that independence over your limbs to be like okay i need to like yeah. dial them all down or dial one down or whatever um it's having your, having your faders control over your limbs isn't yeah it? yeah and playing one yeah. part like yeah in yeah. The, isn't it funny like it's kind of in that situation you'd kind of want to be like can you just not like you know make the gate on the compressor just a little bit harsher yeah. <laughs> and, and and you know but we always you know don't yeah. you can't fix it in the mix the take's got to be right you know you're kind of you're kind of going against like your your code there a little bit but it would be so easy to like you can just fix that later right you know but you you, you want to get the 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 source you yeah, know yeah. as accurate as you can i've not had very many um luckily uh, experiences where it's been like you know that doesn't work or can you try this differently the only couple of things i've had is maybe more to do with like tuning where like i've i've gone for what i think is the cranked the snare drum sound that i kind of want and the maybe the producer's kind of gone it's a little bit too high just bring it down a little bit more 
so that I can get a bit more body and it not kind of just kind of bleed and, and kind of interfere with like vocal frequencies and stuff like that, mm. which is, you know, I love, I love a crank snare drum. So uh, what can I say? Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Uh, and that happened actually on some of the new Digsby stuff, just on the one song. Um, but listening back to it now, I can't imagine it with the sound that I already had. Yeah. Um, it, it works so much better, but there's a mm. song, there's a song uh, with my band Hush Mosey called help. I'm a wolf where, like even like the producer and the rest of the guys in the band were like, you just need to go ham. Like we want more crashes and you just, we want you to just be smashing it. Right, um, right. And I'm quite reserved with sort of crashing most of the time. Um, it's because they're I, all 22 inch Harry. That's why. But, yeah. yeah, yeah <laughs> that's why. Yeah, baby. Um, but yeah, they, they just basically wanted, it, it makes total sense going into the sort of second verse. It's quite an energetic song that just starts, you know, at a pace and in your face and it only gets progressively more in your face by the time the song ends um so kind of going in the second verse they just wanted me to sort of a couple of crashes here and stuff like that but i was like oh i'm gonna get in the way of the vocal and stuff like that but i think it, i think it works great to be honest but um mm, yeah. it's funny isn't it we we kind of get so sort of connected to our parts and to the things that we're playing and it just becomes you know what kind of comes out of us and then as soon as someone kind of says maybe don't do this or try and do this or play louder, play softer. You're kind of like, what? I feel like I've yeah. got, it. I feel like I've got it good, you know? Um, yeah. but then I think, you know, most of the time it's, it's always good to get that feedback, you know? Yeah. 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 yeah I've, I've, uh, have you guys ever done any, uh, video? Are you talking about kind of playing a part? Um, if you ever, if you had to be in any music videos or anything, anything like that, I, the reason I mentioned it is because you talk about, tweaking the part to play so it's slightly different because i didn't record the drums they were programmed drums but they wanted me to be in the video so then i had to replicate the program drums for the video and i was playing the drums but obviously not the audio was the audio wasn't being okay, recorded yeah. but like a music video type shoot yeah 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 um and uh it, 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 I had to play. We did kind of. I think we had three hours in the in the in the location where we did it, and um, we did. I did like seventeen takes because of all the camera angles they wanted, yeah. and and to make sure there's no cameras in the shot, obviously. So they did. Uh, there was one take where there was just four cameras on me, a roaming camera, and three other cameras. Um, then I had to do some extra bits where they wanted me to play, but they they wanted them for slow motion capture. Yeah. Um, but then, but yeah, so I had to, and it, it and it was a fast track, you know, um, a band called Marika. Uh, I think the song's called Don't Leave Me This Way, completely different version to the thing you, version you're thinking of is their own, their own composition. Um, but it's, it's proper up there tempo wise and um, lots of, you know, triple bass drum part and everything. And um, yeah, it was like, I was, shattered by the end of it but you you got to kind of so they've got all the footage to knit together you're kind of playing now you can't see my foot in every shot so was every bass drum Probably yeah not. but but um yeah I've, I've just that was a kind of recording thing but very different as in it, i had to play the thing but what it sounded like didn't matter <laughs> but yeah. it had to be the same every time it had to look right yes not sound i had to right. put the i had, the, I had right. to put the i had yeah. to put the energy into it and play it and we were playing to playback now none of, so the weird thing is obviously the keyboard's not plugged in none of the guitars are plugged in yeah but i'm playing a real full kit 
<laughs> so uh, they had to mime to the track with me playing flat out. Um, there was no issues with dynamics, Jamie, when <laughs> it was like, ah. just hit everything <laughs> because it's yeah. that kind of track. You know, it's a proper kind of up-tempo punk type vibe, you know, heavy rock vibe or rock vibe. So, but yeah, it was like, okay, we'll do it again. And unfortunately, I had a keyboard intro, so that was your click, as it were. That was your tempo, and then off we went. But yeah, I just kind of had to repeat it, you know, several. Oh, we just want, we just want. Can you just play? We're just going to record your right foot, yeah, bass and foot. So can you just do a verse and chorus on your right foot? <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I've done something similar where it was like a function band, like promo reel, yeah. Um, and we again we played to playback, but we turned up and we didn't really know that that's what was going to happen. Like I kind of assumed that that would be the case. I was like, oh, I'm sure we'll figure it out on the day. And then the guy was like, yeah, like, have you listened to it? It's like, I've not listened to it since we recorded it three months ago. So we're doing oh. like a medley of like five songs and you, you know, you're a minute and a half of them and they just, you know, they just cross fade into another one. So you're like halfway through the, the chorus of shut up and dance. And then all of a sudden you're playing <laughs> the outro to Mr. Brightside, you know, yeah. and it's, it was really, really weird. But again, the same thing. Whereas, it was only a trio, so there's only three of us, but the guitars are miming. I was playing the drums, but I wasn't really hitting them that that loud. To be honest, actually, I don't think I really hit them at all, but you can kind of make it look like you're kind yeah. of hitting the drums. Yeah. Apart from the close-ups, I had no beater on my bass drum. I was like pushing oh, the wow. cymbals to make them look like they were moving. Um, but like you said, you, you know, you've, you, you do a take through and you do all the different angles and then are oh, we going to do a run up when you do that drum fill? So we'll just need everyone else out of the way. And we're just going to do that like eight times where you just do a big, you know, yeah. or yeah. we need to get your foot now for four beats. Can you just hit it four times to the yeah. speed of the song? You know, just all these little things that you just never would have think. It's like about. when you're doing the drum cam footage and the rest of the band are just stood to the side, you've got to pretend yeah. you're playing the song with them and they're all texting. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Checking Facebook yeah. and uh, gone out for a fag and you're yeah. like, giving it your heart and soul because you're playing yeah we're playing this song in this room and we're all in it together no just me and four no, people just me. yeah <laughs> taking yeah. everyone's heads off with my yeah symbols. yeah 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 no it's uh since uh that was did you do that recently as well jay did you do some kind of function yeah I did yeah very similar to what you, you're describing though i i went full on with a kit i didn't i didn't hold back i <laughs> i think to, to get right. in the in the zone i was like i need to be playing this like fully every time um and for it to look semi-convincing the hardest thing about it was that i had recorded the parts like six weeks before and then i forgot all the fills and everything that i did and so i was like driving to the to the um the filming and just like listening to it over and over like what film am i playing here why did i play that film i just remember (laughs) there being this one film which i was like it was really weird and i couldn't get it and it and it took me about six or seven takes luckily they were filming the guitarist while like they, it was going on so i knew that it would be like guitar shots um but it took me ages to like figure out like what i actually played the first time um so yeah it was it was a bit strange in that i was like playing along to myself on the recordings um at the same it's time. really weird but, um, it is really weird yeah, i have to say it's yeah there's some weird stuff you have to do sometimes but um but yeah it was cool yeah <laughs> yeah it's um it's the the things we do you know the things that you kind of take for granted and stuff like that you know um yeah i think it's interesting how that just when you're kind of like taught or trained or kind of advised that like this is what it's like or this is what you need to be good at or this is what the skills you need to learn and then like you actually get there and you're like oh okay 
So you're asking me to do this thing, which I have never been taught. Yeah, or yeah. no one warned me that like, this would be the case like having yeah. to you know just play one limb or like remove my bass drum beater and just like pretend that I'm, <laughs> I'm playing and stuff like you you don't really think that that's what you're going to be asked to do but yeah, yeah it's, it's um there's like so much focus on being good on the drums yeah but that's when you go into those situations it, it it's almost not it's not a musical it is a musical situation but it's not how you would approach it in a live situation is it it's just yeah. really really different and that's why it's called the music industry but but you know no one's sitting there going you know can you do this and you're like well i wasn't prepared for this and you know this is this is not what they taught me and they're going why not you know everyone else yeah. can do it you, you you always find you know you always find a way um I guess you could say a way out, but like a way through it, but uh, you know, and, and kind of yeah. with the people that you're, you're with, you're working together, you're trying to get this end result. So, you know, no one's going to be, you know, rude or anything like that. Oh, you, yeah. You're just trying yeah. to work together and get this, you know, get this result um, and make whatever the product is you're making good, you know? Yeah, no, um, I agree. Yeah. Yeah. Nice one. Well, thanks for sharing your, uh, your experiences, gents. Um, yeah, it was. It's a good. It's a. It's an interesting one to think about because of uh, you know maybe there's people out there that are going to be getting or maybe do lots of studio recording. We've got some guys that listen to us uh, in the past who, who have uh, I know are pretty well established. So it'd be great for them to mm. share their perspective and maybe there's people out there who want to get into doing session work and studio work or maybe you've got their first session coming up. Hopefully you know this is given a bit of insight i don't i don't think any of us are here to give advice because we you know we wouldn't we would cl- class ourselves as uh, um, qualified to do that because hopefully the flavor of the conversation has said well anything could happen uh so that that's likely what you you're going to get so we'll we'll uh, hope you've all in, enjoyed this one we'll, we'll put a post out you'll you'll find this on uh, countersin podcast on instagram please add your comments and like and share and if you want to review Give us a review and um, some feedback on any of the podcast platforms that you might be listening on. That would be great. Uh, Jamie, Harry, anything else to kind of add from you guys at this point? No, all good. Yeah, yeah just uh, good. just just get Cover stuck in and and you, and you you learn from every recording yeah. session. I'd say absolutely. And uh, yeah, you know, the more the merrier. I reckon. Yeah, no. Yeah, I right, think actually. I think that my experience in the studio has been those moments where I felt like I've learned the most uh, yeah. i've only had a few but i've come out and just gone like oh there's so much that i can take from that you know whether that be practice or mm. you know just like insight into what it i might need to prepare for like next time and stuff yeah. like that so I'd, I'd highly recommend if anyone does get the opportunity or is thinking of like tracking drums for their own songs or their friends songs or or yeah or they get a call um from someone to come and do it for for uh for them then uh, yeah yeah like 100 like go for it and, and like you guys said earlier on, in terms of your experiences at college or uni, you know, people out there get together with the musicians and just kind of just record yourself, get some yeah. stuff recorded, and just work through the, work through it, you know, and uh, see how it yeah. all goes and learn from the whole experience. Yeah, and mess around with it all. Yeah, you know, put it in a in if you've got any kind of software, GarageBand's free. Mess around with it, yeah. get mm. it sounding. You know, use your ears and just um, try and make something sound cool. Try and make something. You know. Yeah, yeah cool well until until uh, thanks for that guys thanks all for listening until the next time gents Harry Jamie thanks for your time man. good to see you both again boys and uh, nice one. yeah we'll, uh, we'll catch up soon cheers everyone thanks a lot cheers everyone